there's other things in life besides work. Yeah, work makes me happy, but other things make me happier. And it's important to remember that because you can get lost in your work. And when you're lost in it, it could be kind of hard to get out of it because at that point, like work already becomes your life. Hello and welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising by POC artists who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Maya Mendonca. She is a black artist working as a freelance 3D animator from Brooklyn, New York. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi everyone, this is so cool. Um, like Yuki said, I'm Maya I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah, I just graduated in 2020, class of COVID. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from School of Visual Arts, and uh, yeah, I'm really involved in like 3D animation. Like, I did a lot in college. Like, I ran like a 3D animation club. I also did a podcast, which is pretty cool. Which is why I'm so happy to be doing this with you guys. It just reminds me of like college. <laughs> The way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, and then kind of let us know why. Okay. So wait, I have to pick, like, which one? You got to pick. Yes. Oh, you got to choose. There hard. are right okay. answers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no wrong answers. <laughs> yeah, no wrong answers. Okay, okay. No pressure. All right, cool. I'll start us off. Who between the two do you think had a better doctor's degree dr draken from kim possible or dr doofenshmirtz from phineas and ferb oh dr doofenshmirtz are you kidding me <laughs> i feel for that so man. fast i feel for him emotionally like everything like he is a terrible doctor but like i still feel for him so that makes him an awesome doctor i don't know perry was too hard on him man like i i just want to give him a hug <laughs> I know he looks like he would snap in half. I feel so bad for him. I know, but it's you know what oh. makes him a great doctor? His passion. That's all that matters. Oh. Mm. Damn, that was way oh. too deep. Damn. That was like <laughs> right in my heart, dude. Damn. Uh, such such passion. I love it. Actually, you also made the right choice because actually Doofenshmirtz is the only Dr. Doofenshmirtz is actually the only one between the two that actually has a doctor's degree. Hey, look at that. Doc- there we go. Dr. Draken dropped out of college and never <laughs> got a doctorate. Dr. Doofenshmirtz got his doctorate off the internet. Oh my gosh. A genius. Damn, that's some like, that's some, like modern day shit. <laughs> Which Spider-Verse would you want to be a citizen of? And you do get to be saved by that universe's spider person. Oh, man. Well, Yuki, if you know me by now, I am in love with Miles Morales. That I wish he was my friend. I wish he was my friend, my boyfriend, any of the above. I would love him <laughs> to save me from whatever it is. And yeah, I mean, to whoever is listening to this podcast right now, you can't really see my office, but it's literally all Spider-Man. Like, all the Spider-Man pops is just like, <laughs> <laughs> on my shelf so yeah like miles morales he that's my boy and uh yeah i think our zodiacs match up too 
I think you looked into it. I, yeah. I was preparing, prepared for this day. We are very compatible. So, yeah. This movies can't come fast enough. I know. Thanks so much for playing Amy Tune with us. Hopefully you had a lot of fun. Looks like you got really into it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. How is your day-to-day being a freelance 3D animator? Cool. Um, honestly, I've been freelancing for about two years now. I've had my first freelance job when I finished junior year. It was in the summer. That's when I first started at Nickelodeon. And yeah, my position was junior animator. And honestly, it was pretty cool. I was a little scared at first because the whole concept of freelance, you know, scares me. Like I've heard stories and stuff, but I was just basically doing what I would be doing in school. So you get you get a shot and you animate it. But there is also some other things I needed to learn, like Cinema 4D and like some After Effects stuff that I needed to explore a little bit more in. But all in all, like the big picture of like freelancing for me, like at least that first experience was like, this is a great first experience. Came back to school to finish my senior year, worked on thesis. And luckily, like Nickelodeon hired me back again. I definitely felt like my position like move up a bit since I did work with them the year prior. So yeah, I was doing more like shot based stuff, more of the stuff that I you know really wanted to do. Like I just strictly wanted to animate. And yeah, they really trust my decisions that I made when I was animating. I felt very comfortable. And then eventually you know like you work with a certain company over about a time and like i'm young i want to explore other companies too so i was Mm -hmm. at hornet for a bit that was definitely like a big switch like each you have to remember with freelancing each company has like their similarities and differences like some places the workflow might be a lot more like slow paced and then other places it might be very like quick like on top of stuff all the time Mm -hmm. I guess what I take away from this whole freelance experience is like my ability to like adapt to new environments and like constantly improving my workflow and doing what I need to do to get the work done and yeah and I guess to mention like one one other thing like after Hornet I worked on like a little short for Adult Swim and like I just wrapped Mm -hmm. on it that's the thing with freelancing like it really could go anywhere it's a very Mm -hmm. like hop around type of industry I guess So just if that's the lifestyle you want to have, then I think freelancing might be for you. Oh, for sure. Um, I I think definitely freelancing is more, it's more nomadic, but the regular animation industry is still pretty nomadic unless like for whatever reason, no person tends to stay at the same studio like their entire lives. We, we jump around from place to place, but at least for me, my personal experience, it was all just like coming to me and like I had the ability to decide on like where I want to go and stuff like the Nickelodeon job. I think I got that because my school, like pre-COVID time, had like a portfolio night and the recruiter, he came and he saw my work. And then over the summer, he gave me a call. So that's like a good way. Like if you're for anyone that's listening right now and you're in high school and college, like try and see if your school does these things where like they set up little like portfolio nights or like meet and greet. So that way, this is like your first step into like making your first impression to people who are in the industry. And then you get hired. And then from there, it's like your name is automatically in like a pool of applicants. And, you know, they will just constantly look for you and remember that you are there and do great work because then they want to hire you more. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Take advantage of the things that your schools offer, especially if you're paying so much money every year. It's like make them work for you, basically. Yes. 
So can you talk to us about that transition from uh, when you were like a student transitioning to working at your first industry freelance job with with Nickelodeon? This is like a key advice that I've learned like way back since like my first internship at Cartoon Network. But once you go into something new, like the best way to like get comfortable quicker is to ask questions. Like people want you to ask questions when you're like mm-hmm. working with them. Like don't think you're going to bother them or anything. That's not the case at all. It's all about the right timing. You know, they've been in your position before. So if you ask them questions, they're going to be able to relate to you and help you out and make that whole transitional process better for you. But yeah, at, at least with my workflow, at least like anything that I was doing in school, like I was able to just quickly transition over into Nickelodeon and working with them. So yeah, as long as you have a good work ethic, I think the transitional period should be fine for you. Now, let's say you don't have a good work ethic and you're scared. That also plays a part into like the whole asking questions thing, like ask your supervisor, like, how could I improve? Like, what is there I can do to like make this better? No, I think that's solid advice. I think I think most students are always afraid to ask questions for that fear of sounding stupid or for that fear of not bothering somebody. And I've always heard that the advice of like, ask questions, because not only will you understand, but the producers, the supervisors, the people that are hiring you, you asking questions allows them to know that you're paying attention or you're trying to inquire to make sure that you are that you want to do the best job possible at the thing that you're hired to do. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I like that answer. So kind of going like further back into some of your experiences that you've had. Can you tell us about your experience being an intern on Infinity Train at Cartoon Network and how that was for you? Well, Yuki and I go way back. (laughs) 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 Yeah, man, Cartoon Network, dude. That was the first big like, woo, I'm doing something right. I got this internship. (laughs) But yeah, man, it was cool. (laughs) So the internship took place in Burbank, California. it was paid too, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, paid internships are cool. I feel like all internships should be paid, but it should that's be my paid. opinion. Exactly. You're doing work, get paid. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it was just a really nice, like, first experience overall. Like, through the different workshops they would have for us about, like, character design and, like, story development. Like, they, they really were just catering to you in all ways possible. And I got. Mm-hmm. I really got my firsthand experience of like what a team in like the animation industry looked like. And I learned so much from everyone, even if it was stuff that I don't necessarily focus on. I got to understand their pipeline more and how like the production of a show is made. And that was really cool. And alongside that, like you make such great friends that you like keep around for a long time. And like these people are essentially who you're going to be working with. Like, later down the line when we are like fully invested in this industry and really like that was just such a aha moment for me like I learned so much about myself I learned so much about why I picked you know this career path and I it made me realize like this is my focus right now like all of the distractions that I had like they're good distractions but like honestly like if you really want something you got to work for it and like I don't want to sound like a workaholic or anything, but just stay passionate (laughs) about something that you really like and it'll get you far. And this opportunity made me realize like all the hard work I've been doing is paying off. Yeah. 
and it's very it's very true what you said earlier about the people that you meet there the connections you make are what's going to kind of are the connections you're going to keep throughout the industry because uh you i don't know if you want to talk about it but it was through your experience at Cartoon network that somebody recommended you for a position at awesome inc where you currently work now yeah Isn't kayla that correct dude. kayla knight mm-hmm. Go, you <laughs> yeah it, it was really important for me uh and i'm sure like for everybody else that we were like genuine and friendly and we were all there to forward our careers and not like compete against each other but like really build up and feel that camaraderie coming in as interns and like we don't know anything so like kind of like group together we're like yes (laughs) support each other (laughs) when i felt the most support from them was during my intern pitch which was like Mm -hmm. the scariest shit ever like this is you're talking (laughs) in front of a whole bunch of industry people in this one room and yeah, I'm going to be honest, I freaking cried, but it's okay because I had the support of my fellow peers and that's all that really matters. And like, you're going to learn these things in the industry. Like some things might feel like competition and stuff, but at the end of the day, if you stay genuine and true to like who you are and like your friendships and stuff, that's really like the best support system you could get. And like, just help each other, man. It's not always like competition. Just be there for each other because y'all, you all are going to end up in the same place eventually so mm-hmm. why make it a competition just support each other along the way and yeah i can't believe i just told the world i cried in front of cartoon network like that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> it was very sweet no but it's, it's because your pitch was very like heartfelt it's it's all good we we all cry we all cry in front of people yeah real tears <laughs> so actually one, one of the things i, I kind of want to know a little bit more about because you currently live in New York. You went to school in New York. You're from New York, correct? Yeah. So how was that transition for you from living your whole life in New York to having that internship in Burbank on going from the East Coast to the West Coast? Was it jarring for you? Did you like it? Did you hate it? What was that experience as a East Coast baby going to the West? Woo! I love this question because I'm going to get into it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Just to remind you all, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And yeah, growing up here all my life really made me a part of who I am. So going to Burbank, what kept me together was really just like the reason I am there. And I was there for my internship, no matter what, like that. I loved being there for that. And it was really cool. Like, you know, this is my first time living by myself. You know, I have a big family. I'm the oldest in my family. And I want to say I was a pretty good child. Like I always listen to my parents, good grades, blah, blah, blah. So, and like a lot of their, like they influenced like a lot of decisions I made, but for the first time in my life, you know, being in Burbank and like going to this internship, like I was able to make decisions for myself and it felt great. You know, this is like my first real adult life experience, which is pretty cool. And outside of the whole like industry thing, like living by yourself could really teach you a lot about, you know, your desires and wants and needs. And I did have to like cut off a few like habits and like few, I guess, relationships I had with people because I realized like, you know, it wasn't benefiting me in the long run. You know, what really matters is the present, like right now. And at that moment, what was my focus was my internship. So that's what I was there in Burbank for. And love the weather in California. Don't get me wrong. Um, Burbank is hot. Like it is scorching yeah. <laughs> hot. You could fry an egg on the street. Other than that, like California is like, 
I guess, predominantly like where the animation industry is. So I would say like, I do see myself moving out there eventually. Can't say I want to live there forever. That's just my personal experience. I am a mm-hmm. New Yorker at heart. I will die a New Yorker. Like, I just love it here. And honestly, I'm going to keep it real. There's some people in Cali that after a while, it becomes a little superficial. Like you go out to like mm-hmm. different stores. I feel like everyone puts on such a like nice facade. And for the first month I was there, it was like, oh, okay, everyone's so nice. That's so cool. But then after living there for three months, I'm like, yo, like, why is everyone so nice? This is kind of weird. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I don't know if it's like the weather. Everyone's so happy all the time, which is nice. All right, be happy. But like, I don't know. Don't be fake about it. That's just my opinion. But yeah, man, Cali's mm-hmm. where it's at, especially if you want to like, I had no problem like with like what made my time in California great was being at my internship at Cartoon Network and being around these great people. No, that's that's a really good point. That's actually something I heard recently that obviously this is a broad sweeping statement, but like somebody said that people on the West are nice and people on the East Coast are kind. So like the difference between being nice and kind is you can be very nice to somebody verbally, like say very nice things, be very polite. But being kind is actually doing things that are like helpful or like good. So like people in New York will like cuss you out at the same time they are like helping you like bring your baby carriage up the stairs or like yes doing acts of kindness and they don't always have to be nice right yeah people in california are very nice not very helpful too nice very very kind kind (laughs) yeah (laughs) yuki that's a great way of putting it i love that (laughs) something something else i kind of i kind of want to uh touch on and ask about like going back to your time at sva uh, how was your experience being the animation lead for the short film Hamsa? Yeah, man. So my thesis film, Hamsa, for those of you in high school, um, a thesis is basically what you need to make in college to like graduate, shows off like what you've learned for the four years and basically mm-hmm. your your statement of like, this is who I am, more specifically in the art field, this is who I am as an artist and this is what I have to say. So um, with Hamsa, this was my first time being an animation lead, which is honestly take it as like a director role, but strictly for animation. But I have to say, like, animation is a big part of storytelling. So you could say I was a co director overall for like the story and everything. I also contributed to Previs, Mm -hmm. which is basically a 3D version of storyboards. So that was definitely an experience for me. Uh, Personally, Mm -hmm. like, I learned a lot about myself having this role. Uh, One thing I've learned is that I do love to like help people, like teach people what I know. And I do have the patience for it, which is great. If you do become like an animation lead for like your short film one day, like really just have patience for people. Like at the end of the day, these people are helping you. You're not helping them. Well, you are, but like you need to just be there for them and support them the same way they are there to help you and support you. So if that Mm -hmm. means like having dailies, and stuff which is basically like you meet in a room with like your animators and go over their shots and like do drawovers and stuff like really take the time and energy to like help them as best as you can so in the long run it helps you too and I mean I guess you could say one thing that was difficult was trying to keep in contact with everyone 
you know, some people are more consistent than others. Other people, you really have to do some deep digging and like find out, hey, man, <laughs> what's going on? I got a film to make. But mm-hmm. honestly, just be kind about it and just really know yourself. I don't know. This is a big experience for me, like learning who I am as a person and like how I interact with other people. And I have to say, I think I did a pretty great job. Like I'm still like, they don't hate me. Like I'm still pretty good friends with like the people that (laughs) animated for me. And I'm also like animating for them too now. So it's like you, you ask for help and it's always nice to like give back the help in the end too. Later down the line, like Mm -hmm. in my career of animation, I do see myself as an animation lead. That's as as high as I want to go. I do not want to be a director. That is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I agree. I'm with you there. (laughs) Yeah, like working on Hamsa, it was my first time as an animation lead and directing people. Like it really makes you like do some deep diving into like the shots you're working on and trying to communicate your vision to like someone else in order to like help make your vision come true. And it was a really nice challenge for me. Like I like a good challenge and that was something that I learned a lot from and it definitely influences like the decisions I want to make moving forward, like trying to move up the ladder with my career path in animation. And yeah, maybe I'll be an animation lead one day and I'm excited to see where that goes. You're actually still collaborating with that team, which is honestly awesome. How how has that balance been between uh, work and working on a short film? There's good and bad in it. So after making the film Hamsa, we obviously got like a lot of success from it. Like we got an Academy Award and all this great stuff, which is really mind blowing. And it really spoke to us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really spoke to us as a team. Like we were just looking at each other like, damn, are we, are we it? Like, should we make a studio and stuff? Which we're still talking about. (laughs) Like it's, it's always fun Mm -hmm. to talk about like your dreams Mm -hmm. and like goals and ambitions and as much as like it seems like fun right now me personally i don't think it's the right time for me because you know you just Mm -hmm. i just finished like spending a whole year working on this film and like now i'm jumping straight into work you know all of us were working our hours were from like 10 to 6 maybe sometimes 9 and the real question Mm -hmm. comes down to like are we really gonna have time to like continue making our own shorts and stuff and like stuff like that and For me, at least, the answer is no, because one, like I need to, this is something I've learned all throughout college. I'm always thinking about the other person first and like their goals, like what they want and what I could do to benefit them. But honestly, my Mm -hmm. revelation right now, especially during COVID is like, what do I want to do for myself? You know, how can I make myself better for me and not anyone else? And a part of that is you know, working on personal projects and doing my own thing. And as much as like working on a short right now with them would be great, I guarantee you it would be awesome. Like we'll continue like that constant success and everything. But I just really need to focus on me right now. And I don't know, improve my skill set as an animator before I could start contributing to other people's goals as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a painful thing for me to realize. I was talking to my partners about this like the other day and it's it's not that like this is, sounds cheesy. It's not a goodbye. It's more like a see you later. Because I mean, there there was also that constant pressure of like, okay, we just won an Academy Award. What is your next big thing? And it's like, um, mm-hmm. what? Like, can I get a break? You know, like for me at least, you know, 
work is not everything. I do love being around my family. I do like seeing my friends and like traveling and just doing other things that make me happy. And like, yeah, work makes me happy, but other things make me happier. And it's important to remember that because you can get lost in your work. And when you're lost in it, it could be kind of hard to get out of it because at that point, like work already becomes your life and then you just feel stuck. But if you are feeling that way, it's okay. Just take a step back and like look at the bigger picture and just try to find other things to occupy like your mind. And like, I don't know, there's other things in life besides work, like go play video games because that's what I do at least I don't know I love playing video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I yeah, think that's man. super important to to be able to step back and say that to yourself like I am worth taking time for myself uh stepping away from projects like you don't always have to take every success you get and like make that into an opportunity you don't always have to monetize your hobbies you don't have to be working all of the time like success will mm -hmm. come even if you don't have to do it like consistently, success will come. Don't worry. Yes, I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you, yeah, like you learned that and you were able to acknowledge that for yourself. I think that's something that everybody should take the time to reflect on that. And and yeah, sometimes like it's it's nice helping others. It's good helping others, but sometimes you do need to help yourself, and that should come first. Oh uh, yeah, one of the things that uh, I'm actually really interested with the film uh, Hamsa. So it really seemed like the the film directed by Daniela was really based on kind of her cultural background, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, you being you being the animation lead, when when animating, when like leading the team, how did you make sure culturally that you were being true to like not only Daniela's vision, but to the vision of the film? Yeah. Ooh, this is a great question. All these questions are great. I keep saying it for every single question. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So first thing first, I have to give a lot of props to Daniela Dweck. She is the main inspiration for this entire film. And I remember when we, when me, Daniela and Christy got together as a team and we were, you know, pitching story ideas, like I was really pushing Daniela to pitch this one idea because I feel like the best stories are the ones that like, you know, come from the heart and like experience. So I was really glad mm -hmm. that we chose like this concept for Hamza. And not only because like, it's something that really appeals to her, but it's, I feel like this is something that really needed to be voiced. And the whole message behind Hamsa is something you could apply to like, for example, like the whole like black and white situation, the whole North and South Korea situation. Like this is a message that you could apply to everywhere. And that to me is like what I appeal to from it. And so what I needed to do and what was really important for me as the animation lead was to not only make sure like, you know, this was culturally correct, like through the mannerisms and like actions of everyone, but it was mm -hmm. authentic. And that's where, you know, communication between me and Daniela was like really important. I also made sure, this was a really cool thing we did, but me, Daniela and Chrissy like sat down and had like a whole history education lesson on like the conflict going on right now. And that to me was really cool. Like I, I learned a lot about it. And from that, I was able to like apply that to the animation and like make, you know, the acting going on through these characters feel believable. So yeah, I think that mm -hmm. to answer it shortly or like in a short form, it was just to like me, me and Daniela constantly like communicated about like what decisions were right for the story and like what 
stay true to the story, you know? It, it, this is an mm-hmm. overall, like, question you ask, like, throughout the whole process of making a film. is like, does this benefit the story? How does it benefit? And, like, if it doesn't, you know, just take it out or, like, try and redo it. This film, uh, Hamsa, mm-hmm. by the way, it's about, like, uh, Israel and Palestine, right? Or Yeah, the whole conflict going on there right now. It's, yeah, definitely a more, like, lighthearted version of it, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it definitely plays into that. Um, it's it's more focused on like the idea of biases and like being at odds with what we know culturally. Mm-hmm. I think like being very culturally sensitive and like the fact that she brought you guys in and had that whole like presentation, had you guys learn about the culture. I think that's really important. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it really sounds like you had a really good experience working on Hamsa. You learned a lot. And this all happened while you were at the School of Visual Arts in New York, so SVA. What was it like attending the animation program at SVA? So, yeah, I went to School of Visual Arts in New York City uh, in, like, the Chelsea area. And, yeah, I freaking love that school. I The program I was in was very long. It's called Computer Arts, Animation, and Visual Effects. It did not fit on my school ID, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, honestly, that program... It's just so much, and I mean that in a good way. Like, there's just so many opportunities through it, so much you learn. And I guess I'm going to talk about it from my standpoint and from the standpoint of others. So from my Mm -hmm. standpoint, because what I do is 3D animation, um, and things might be different now. I've noticed this with, like, a lot of schools. Like, the curriculum is always changing, and that could be a good and bad thing. But from at the time when I was there, like, you know, I wanted to focus in 3D character animation, meaning like I wanted to animate characters, make them move. And mm-hmm. I did realize like, you know, half of it, I was like, I learned from SBA. The other half, not even half, like 25% of it, I learned from SBA. Like I was introduced to it. And like, I was, I learned like the basics of it and stuff. But I really mm-hmm. had to do some like, learning on my own to like, whether through YouTube or like online classes, like, that was just that was a decision I made, at least for myself, to benefit me. And so I, that's what I did. But from the standpoint of other people who wanted to do other things in the pipeline, like 3D modeling, texturing, lighting, all that other good stuff, like that is the place to go. Like these, the faculty there is amazing. Like they really take their time to like, they make it about their day to like come to school after work and teach these kids like what they know and that to me is like the best part of this program you know like they want they're very passionate about sharing their knowledge with you and it's great and they're rooting for you it might feel like kind of strict and hard sometimes but it's only because they care you know so Mm -hmm. yeah man i i really did love the program there and what i loved the most about it was the support you got especially during like the years of like junior and senior year because we all know like that's when you realize, I'm like, all right, I might have to try and find a job soon. So, like, what am I going to do? So, they definitely, like, help you out with that, like, through the different, like, the folio nights and, like, resources. That's what they're really good for. They're resources. And mm-hmm. I really appreciated, like, everything they did for me. The support there was nice. And it was fun. Like, honestly, that's the main reason I picked that school. Like, you could go to any art school and they could be, like, the best art school in the world. But if they're not genuine people, you're going to have a shitty time. And I did not have a shitty time at SBA. So, yeah, everyone there was genuine, fun. It was very hard to work because the work was hard. But <laughs> I <laughs> here I am. I'm still doing great. I'm glad. I'm glad because I, I, I feel like 
when it comes to schools. Uh, we've mentioned this before on this podcast that no program is perfect, but because some people might really enjoy the school they're going to and other people within that same program might really dislike it for whatever reason because it's just not a good fit for them. But mm-hmm. I really like that. And I really like hearing that for you, it seems like SVA was such a good fit for you and you really loved your time there. You improved a lot. You learned a lot. I'm curious if, did you like look far outside of New York? Like I know SVA is like a pretty big, school but like since you're from uh new york originally did you look far outside new york or were you kind of like uh, uh i want to go here because it, it kind of fits already i applied all over for sure i applied for some places in cali some abroad too and i really forgot how i stumbled mm. across sba like i guess it was just luck i don't know but i realized that they were in new york and they were literally like right there, like across the borough. And what really stuck out to me was when I went there for Accepted Students Day and just mm-hmm. the vibe I got from everyone, like their passion and like all of that really encouraged my decision. Like I just really appreciated how authentic everyone was with me. And they were real. Like there was a girl telling me that she's basically in debt right now because of student loans, but like she's happy. And I was like, okay, at least you're real about it. You know, like she made it Mm -hmm. fun. Like she made such a negative thing sound like happy. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, honestly, to keep it short, I just got a good vibe. Like, you know, when you get a good feeling from something, like that's what I got from Mm -hmm. SBA. And they did that. No, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Actually, I uh, had a similar experience going to San Jose State because like at our school, um, they had this thing where uh, they were barring students from entering the art program because of their GPA, because it's Mm -hmm. a university, so they can't really do a portfolio review. And my mom got so mad that she like emailed Dave Chai, the head of our (laughs) department, and like (laughs) basically stormed in there was like, accept my daughter into your program. And he can't he can't do anything about that like i know that now but this was like before i transferred into the school and my mom made me go there like and bring a portfolio and like have him look at it he can't do anything about it but we went there and then he was like okay well like come into some of our classes and like you can meet some people and i went into a class and i forgot what they were doing but it was just like a ton of people um it was like kind of chaotic, like people were sitting on, on desks and on the floor and like they were doing a presentation or something. And I don't remember this, but apparently I like hugged somebody at some point. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> like they were like, we believe in you, like you'll get in, don't worry. And like, I think I like hugged somebody and like left. I don't know. It was just very chaotic. But it, it was the same thing. Like I went there and I felt the vibe and I felt like very welcomed. Like these were people mm-hmm. that I wanted to go to school with, like yeah, I really wanted to attend this school more so than like, just because it seemed good or just because I could learn there. But I I was like, well, I'm gonna be here for like four or five years or whatever. So I better like it. <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. I probably wanted to hug someone too. Like when I first visited school, that's really cute. <laughs> but yeah, like it's really the students there that like the students that were currently there are the ones that influenced me to come and like there's a difference mm-hmm. between people who are just saying things just to make you come and then there's people that mm-hmm. say things because they they're like they're actually passionate about it and like they mean well from it and yeah that's what i got from sd no fake vibes like mm-hmm. they're just i don't know they're literally like a, a nice school like a great school and yeah i encourage people if they're interested to like reach out another thing i liked about this school too which was um i don't know if you know this about me but I originally like applied to the 2D animation department. I was in it for like a day and I was like, uh, I'm going to go to 3D. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just felt like calling. <laughs> like, okay, this is going to sound so cheesy, but 
Okay, my name is Maya. The name of the 3D program is Autodesk Maya. Tell me that's not meant to be. Like, come on now. I'm supposed to just, like, <laughs> that is my destiny. So I just had to switch. And they made that process, like, really easy for me. I just like that a lot about them. I'm such a cornball. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I love It's so funny. Listen, it never stops. I am, <laughs> I am in the industry right now. And the minute I tell someone my name, they're like, ha-ha, like the program. <laughs> like the program. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, didn't hear that one before. Oh, I never noticed. I- I'd be one of those people that would make that joke. It's That's okay. Me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> So actually, one one quick thing, kind of just going back about like uh, you guys liking the vibes. Something that's really important for any college student in an art program right now listening in, you guys help set the vibe of the program. The professors and the actual program can only do so much and the guests they bring in or the professor they have. But you as the students and especially the upperclassmen, you help set the precedent and the vibe and the, the overall culture of that entire program and setting the example for your underclassmen. So if the program, you don't like it or the culture, you don't like it, you guys can change it. You guys are the ones that create that vibe. So just something I wanted to say real quick, just to keep in mind. I do agree with you. Like, that is a great point. Like, yeah, like the college is only so much, but you literally make the college from like how passionate you are about learning something and like what changes you would like to see in the department. And SBA was really great about that. Like any issues that we had, like we addressed it to like the correct person and they were able to like at least listen to us and hear us. And like, yeah, sometimes they did make the right steps to like help benefit us in the end because that's their job to help us, you know? And I do have mm-hmm. to say, like, to continue to add on to that, like, and I've experienced this, like, firsthand, like, there was one time, like, I was in a classroom, like, with kids, uh, I forgot the name of the class, but I was very interested in it, like, I was passionate about it, everything, but the people around me were not, and that made, mm-hmm. like, that experience not as good as I thought it would be, and instead of, mm-hmm. like, you know, adapting to how everyone else is around you, maybe try and, like, talk to everyone and figure out, like, hey, like, you know, this professor is like, you know, really trying to like teach us something really cool that I think would be awesome for all of us. Like, don't just sit there because then that's just not going to make your experience any better. You know, try and talk to them, maybe encourage them. And if that doesn't work out, then that's just more time with you and the professor to like really learn something and like be head over heels into like whatever it is they're teaching. And yeah, that might be such like a personal experience. But like, yeah, it's like similar to what you said, Ray, like you really make the experience in college. So take like take it all in. Don't just take it for granted. Like you're paying a lot of money for this. So why would you take it for granted? (laughs) What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Totally agree. One of, the, one of the last things I kind of want to talk about at your time in SVA is that you also had the experience of being the president of the 3D Animation Club <laughs> there. Did you feel like that position benefited you in any way as wor- as a working professional? Oh, yeah, 100%. That, that was great. Honestly, there's a lot of firsts for me, but that was really my first time, like, really realizing who I am as a person and, like, how much I like to help people and like, teach other people. And yeah, I definitely benefited from it. Like I, I made some great friends to make some, I made some great connections too. like the founder of the, the program, Montague. He is such a great like role model for me. And besides the role model, like he's also like a friend of mine. And it's, it's really nice to know that you have not only like a mentor, but like a friend in one. And yeah, I really appreciated that. And like, just, What I've also learned through teaching at the animation club is that, you know, when you constantly like teach a certain thing, you still like learn little things from it every now and then. So 
that's like the benefit of teaching too and like mentoring others like in a way you guys are learning together and that's what makes it great so yeah that was my experience as president it was pretty cool no that's really awesome i think yeah i like i was also the president of the animation club at san jose state and to me it was such an enriching and life-changing experience for me that i felt like really benefited me not only as an individual but as a leader and i feel like it's an experience i wouldn't trade for the world yes i agree you actually said you actually did a podcast yourself called uh, On a Tangent at SVA. Can you kind of describe like what that is? And Because <laughs> I remember you also mentioning that it's a thing that SVA started, but it's a, it's a public podcast for anybody to listen. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this is so nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. So back in my college days, I was in a podcast with two other like friends of mine, uh, Nick and Gabe. I was also like, it's like a passed down thing, like generation. So the, the people that actually started the podcast, their names are Matt, Suji, and Kenny. And they were also seniors at SBA. So they are the originators of the podcast. And you know, they just passed it down to different classes. Anyway, that was a really fun podcast. We talked about all things animation, just from like experience in the industry and like the pros and cons of it. Just like we really got down to like the nitty gritty parts of the animation industry. And it just felt so real talking to like our guests and like them sharing their experiences with everyone. And I feel like anyone listening could relate to our guests and it was just so much fun. It's kind of like this. Like, this is so much fun. And it's just like reminding me of those times where I did the podcast. And I really learned a lot from it. And I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. It really got me out of my comfort zone. Because I mean, I might seem like I'm all cool, like talking to people now, but I am still kind of introverted. But that podcast really helped me like, get out of my bubble. And Really just have a conversation with people because that's what this is. It's a, just a conversation, you know? And yeah, it's really fun. It's on SoundCloud mm-hmm. if anyone wants to look at it. It's really just like goofy, derpy people talking about animation. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a listen later. I was like, oh, more yes, yeah, man. like us. Yeah. Oh, my voice it's is going to sound out. so high-pitched. Oh my gosh. <laughs> please tell me how you guys feel afterwards because i don't even remember how i sound i just know i was so excited about the idea of me being a co-host that i probably sound so like whoa i don't even know just ignore me (laughs) no you definitely i think when you're on camera or on a podcast or anything that's being filmed you kind of had to put on like a character or like just dial up your personality up a couple notches it's still you but just dialed up a little higher yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. So, do you feel your culture has played a role in the art you create? I know we talked a little bit about culture when you were the lead for Hamsa and how you try to be authentic to that. But how about uh, your own cultural background and how that applies to you and your career or the art that you make? Do you feel like there's a connection? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I always say like my inspiration for animation is usually my family. One, because like we are just like so many different personalities living in one household. And as an animator, like I guess you could say I'm a people observer and there's just so much Mm. I learned from them. And I guess culturally, like, I mean, one day I would like to make some type of short film or like something related to like the Caribbean 
like aspect of things and like I just think it'd be really fun you know it's always cool when people put their culture into their work but for me it's more of like I observe like people's like different experiences and like maybe some of my own and I like to apply that to my animation based on like the context or subtext of like whatever the shot is and that to me is where the true like authenticity or like sincerity lies within like a shot or like a character's like acting my family is like my biggest inspiration for my work. Like I, I do this thing. It might be kind of cheesy, but I have like different like little animation ideas in my phone of like, for example, my mom was telling me this story the other day of like how when I was a child and like it was time for me to get like my shot, like I would just run in a corner and hide from the doctor. So I just, <laughs> I just wrote that in my phone when like, okay, this would be a funny thing to animate one day. So it's little stuff like that that I really find like enjoyment in and i would love to animate it one day just because it sounds fun that's beautiful going back to your um your pitch from cartoon network i remember (laughs) like no it was okay that pitch was fantastic and you have every right to cry because i remember specifically it's um it was called like two brothers or something like that it was about these these two brothers and the gist of it was is that like a younger brother was trying to impress the older one and was it was kind of tied to your experience of like going back home and talking to your younger brother and like how he felt you were ignoring him um and all of this stuff and how he was like trying really hard to impress you too and i was like oh god they really get to my (laughs) (laughs) yeah man it's like little stuff like that and like that was definitely a very cultural piece of me too because like the characters are very caribbean-esque and like yeah, the whole story about the two brothers, I made them both brothers because like, I don't know, I always felt more like a brother to my little brother than a sister, just because like of our interests, like we're very like into sports and video games and stuff. Not that there's any specific gender for those hobbies, but yeah, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I like that to me was a very personal short I mm-hmm. like thought of. And that's where I realized like where culture like really influences like your art. And yeah, that that shit made me cry, man. <laughs> uh, so, Maya, what do you see yourself doing in the future in your journey of animation? But as of right now, I I do enjoy freelancing for. I might enjoy it for like another year, um, but whenever freelancing ends for me, I'll be happy. I do want to end up in like a feature film like studio and work as an animator under them. Um, eventually make my way up to like animation lead maybe animation supervisor I think they're both the same thing but like definitely I want to reach the point of Mm -hmm. animation supervisor for sure and then after I do that because I did say like earlier on like I want to move back to New York I'd probably just go back to freelancing but just on like a much bigger role I guess more specifically it would be really cool to work on Spider-Verse 2 but that's just me Um, (laughs) (laughs) anybody out there anyone just putting it out into the world (laughs) honestly if i work on that movie i would just go to work crying every day that's how happy i would be (laughs) please miles is my soulmate we're so compatible you know what's funny though actually this is a great segue hold on because i made that i tweeted about that i literally tweeted if i got to work on spider-verse 2 I would go to work crying every day. And someone saw that. They saw that and was like, well, get your portfolio ready because we're hiring soon. And I was like, how do you see me? This was just a stupid tweet. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah. Looking. I know. Exactly. They're always looking. So moral of that little 
segment. I don't know. Put yourself out there, but like inappropriate ways. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they saw like I would go to work crying every day and they were like, yeah, that one. <laughs> yes, literally. Oh, man. <laughs> to kind of wrap this up and bring it to a close, you've already given so many amazing nuggets of advice throughout this entire podcast, but is there anything else? Is there any final advice that you want to give to students that want to pursue a career in animation? My piece of advice, and this might sound like kind of cheesy, but just stay passionate about what you do, even through like the ups and downs, you know, with animation, there comes like the technical difficulties and there comes like the creative blocks. But as long as you remember, like the reason you chose this career path in the first place and like what you truly love about animation, I think that is enough to keep you going. And Stay true to who you are because 90% of the time, that's the reason people are going to hire you anyway. Excellent. So thank you so much for joining us today, Maya. Where can our listeners find you? And is there anything else you want to plug? Yeah, so um, I I do have an animation Instagram, but I do need to update it. But you could just type, I guess I'll spell my name, M-A-Y-A period animation that's my instagram handle and then if you just type my first and last name.com that's my website uh with twitter it's just underscore first and last name yeah but honestly if you just want like a main source to find me just go to my website because every other source is like on there too great well if you enjoyed our interview with maya please rate us on anchor spotify or wherever you tune in Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP and let us know your response to today's in-between questions. Or if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us. We love discovering new artists and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Oh, I love that. Until next week. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.